Welcome back. Um, it is another bright and shiny Tuesday morning, and we are uh, still in the middle of a virus crisis 2020. Uh, I think that's what we're going to call it right now. <laughs> um, but we hope that you are doing well. We hope that you are safe, that you are healthy. We hope that your families are healthy. Yeah, just know that we've been praying for you and um, that we really do um, hope that things are are going well in your life right now. We know it's a trying time. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe things are just getting tough financially. Maybe quarantining is starting to take its toll on you. It could be, there could be a whole bunch of things that are going on right now. And so that's why we wanted to uh, talk about some spiritual antidotes like we've been doing. Um, I'm joined here by my uh, pal, Brandon. What's going on, everybody? Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing okay being at home. Yeah, so far so good. Um still adjusting to trying to work from home and finding the space. My wife and I we live in a small one bedroom apartment. Hey, <laughs> that's not built for uh You've been rocking that balcony life though. <laughs> yeah, we we do have a little balcony, so that's <laughs> I spend a lot of time out there. It's good. Getting, getting some vitamin D. That's good. I, I should probably mention that this is Doable Discipleship, a Southlake Church <laughs> podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, uh, or as we like to call it, the show that, the helps, show you that helps you grow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I missed my cue. That's all good. That's all good. Um, yes, I'm Jason. That's Brandon. Um, yeah, so we've been going through this series on spiritual antidotes um, ever since this crisis started because we wanted to address knowing that there could be a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in our lives. And we want to, uh, to talk about ways um, that we as Christians and ways that God wants to wants to help us, wants to work with us through these um, things that we may be feeling. Um, so today's episode is going to be talking about the idea of taking every thought captive. So Brandon, why don't you get us uh, jumped in here? Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking um, as this date, the shelter in place date keeps creeping back and back and back by two weeks and a month longer and, and longer. longer and longer and longer. It's my suspicion, at least, that there um, are more and more emotions um, that are starting to creep up to the surface as we really begin to deal with what this thing really is. I feel like at first it was a little bit of some denial, like this isn't that big of a deal, or it's a big deal over there in Europe and Italy and Asia and different places in Asia and China, but not here in the United States. And now we're realizing, okay, this is a bigger deal than maybe we thought it was. Um, and this is going to significantly change, at least for the foreseeable future, the way we live, the way we live our lives. So I was thinking through what type of emotions are coming up, right? Because we're starting to now feel the effects of working from home and being laid off. And there's a lot of things happening that are very real happening in our culture to our family members and friends and people like that. So it's, it's kind of what feelings are coming to the surface. And I was thinking, well, there's definitely fear, fear. Am I going to lose my job? Is um, my brother or sister or best friend or friend's family, or are they going to lose their jobs or is my family going to be safe? What about my neighbors? What about my street that I live on our community? Like what's, what's going to happen. And there's a sense of, I would say dread and anxiety that comes with that. Uh, maybe a little bit of panic, but general just unrest. And I think I'd venture out to say some hopelessness of, well, if this date keeps going back and we keep getting more information that's coming out, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? We're taking these 
precautions, but are they helping? Are they doing anything? And then... Yeah, we keep seeing like those numbers rising, yeah. the number of new cases, the number of, of deaths, right? You know, and, and when that's constantly in front of you, it can just lead to this unease. It can lead to this, you know... It's the pit in the stomach. despair type feeling. The yeah, despair exactly. of like, is this going to get better? Is yeah. this going to continue on as it is? And I think there's a some grief that comes with that. I read a great article this week um, by, it was interviewing a guy named um, David Kessler, who's kind of the leading expert, foremost expert on grief. He's done a lot of work around the five stages of grief, and he's even act, actually added a sixth stage of grief. grief. But um, he talks about anticipatory grief, mm-hmm. which is the idea that looking out into the future and it's all blurry, it's all unknown, it's hazy, and the the fear that comes from that of not knowing what's going to happen next, you start to process that process that with with grief. You start to grieve the the unknown mm-hmm. or the scary monsters that could be in the in the unknown. And I think I really like that anticipatory grief. I, I thought that was a great term, and it brought I think even for me just a lot of um, it brought words to things I was feeling as I think about my family, as my, my sister and cousins, and are they going to be safe? Are they going to have, are they going to be employed? All thi- all the types of things like that. I was starting to go down that rabbit trail in my mind of, well, what if they're not okay? What if they're not going to be okay? What's going to happen next? So what we're going to talk about today is how do we process these emotions, these feelings, and move towards Jesus, to move towards Christ, not just moving past these feelings. Because I think there's a difference. There's a lot of ways that you can just move past it. You can stuff it, not think about it, and get past it that way. But how do we process them in a healthy way and move towards Jesus? This guy, uh, David Kessler, he he has a quote that says, emotions need motion. And I really like that. There's There's got to be movement. He talks about emotions passing through you and giving them the space to to pass through you. Um, so we're going to get into, we're going to get into, yeah, get into that today. That's great. And really what we're going to hunker down in is this kind of this key truth, which is something that's taught here, um, at the church in class 201, which says your life is shaped by your thoughts. And really it's just this idea that, that the things that we think about are almost like investments of our time too, is, is they take up a place in our life, in our mind, because we spend our time having them on our mind. We spend our time thinking about them. We give them our time, our effort, our, in our thought life is really such a huge part of what it means to be us. And so what we think about, it could lead to either anxiety or it could lead to peace. The things that we um, spend time with in our minds leads most likely into one of these two categories, anxiety or peace. Yeah. So one of the things we're, we're going to look at second Corinthians five verses three through five, and it talks about this idea of taking every thought captive. I'll read the scripture now. It's uh, verse three is for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments in every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, or that's things that we know are true of God. It says we demolish every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So that's 2 Corinthians 5, 
three through five. Um, and I, what I really love about this is I feel like there's a dynamic range of our experience. It's, you know, our thought life, our emotions, our feelings, but also gets at this idea of there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for our minds. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, I, I, I believe he's also saying to us is, there, though there's a war, war going on, though there's a battle going on for our minds, for our thought life, the way we fight, we don't fight with weapons according, as he says, according to the flesh. But what we fight with, what we fight with, is taking these thoughts captive, and in so doing, it says we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of Christ. So, one of the things here is unprocessed emotions. These emotions that we were talking about, fear, anticipatory grief, grief that might be right here, right now, unrest, hopelessness, these things, panic, um, anxiety, these emotions, when we leave them unprocessed, when we don't think about them, when we just stuff them, when we don't deal with them, what happens is they end up growing into strongholds that take root deep inside of our hearts, deep in our souls. They get in there. It's how we get irrational fears. Mm-hmm. I've heard of people being like scared to eat shellfish, like a lobster or something. I or, mean, personally, I am, but that's because <laughs> of allergies, not because of uh, right. irrational fears. But even as a kid, I thought, well, I don't want to eat that because what if it like chomps me with its claw? Not that, knowing. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> not knowing it's not alive. It's not going to do that. And it's not actually going to do that. It's an irrational fear because it looks scary. Yeah. And it looks like, I don't think we should be eating something like that. It's the unprocessed. It's, and I didn't give it a lot of thought until later in life. It's like, oh, that doesn't actually make sense. Yeah. It's cooked. Yeah. I can eat it. But it's the irrational, unprocessed emotions that they, they just grow and they take root in our minds and our hearts. And before we know it, it's this stronghold. It's this thing that is directing the the path, the course of our minds and what we think about and how we process the world. It shapes our worldview, how we look at other people, how we look at ourselves, how we look at God. It shapes all of these things. So it's really important that we take these thoughts captive before they before they're turned into strongholds in our lives. Yeah, in, in strongholds, really what they are are just any thoughts that contradict what we know is true of God. Anything, anything in our minds that we have kind of accepted as truth, even if we don't mean to believe it, you right. may even unintentionally believe it, but it can become these, these strongholds of just things that aren't true, that contradict what we know to be true about God and what we know is truth, but they just have these little places in our thought life that that even unintentionally sway our thinking, that even unintentionally, like, we can be thinking down a path of something, and then the stronghold comes up, and our path starts diverting. Because each stronghold, I'm picturing it like a little castle, and it's got this moat around it. And Mm -hmm. so if you're walking down, you know, the lane in your thought life, you're going, look at all the pretty birds, life is good. And then, oh, stronghold in the way. Ah, I got, and then it changes my course. I got to divert, and it just changes the way that you should be thinking. That illusion worked in my mind. I have no idea if it's <laughs> translating well through this podcast. I tracked with you. Thank you. I'm also not the audience, though. So maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, though. Keep yeah, going. I was gonna yeah. say you did work on this episode title, <laughs> so you know, so you know where we're going with this. 
Um, anyway, so the idea here is is how to demolish these strongholds, which is what Paul was talking about. And it's hunkering down in this truth that God is love, God is gentle, God is slow to anger, God is sovereign, God is all-powerful. Oftentimes, these strongholds are based in these contradictions to those. You know, you start to question, is God love? It, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think God loves me at this time. That could be a little stronghold. Right. Or that you could do something to cause God to stop loving you. You could have this idea that God is harsh or this idea that God is, is angry with you at every little thing. Or there's stuff that God can't do, that God is not in control, that things are spinning out of control. These are all these little strongholds that are based in misunderstandings of who God is um, that can take hold of our lives. Um, But what Paul is telling us in that verse is that we are not helpless against them. We are not helpless against strongholds. It's more like a weak hold. Not a stronghold, (laughs) because we have God. With God's power, we can, in Paul's words, demolish. I love that he uses that word, demolish. He uses it twice. He he says, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. Paul unknowingly started the idea of demolition derby (laughs) right there. Basically, that's what I heard. Yeah. And then he says, we demolish arguments. So like he, he is all about this idea. And so with God's power, we can demolish these strongholds. We, can act, we have access to God's power in order to demolish the things that we think are immovable in us. You may recognize that you have these strongholds. You know, you may go, I know I really struggle with this idea of knowing that God loves me, or I, I struggle with this idea that God has, has the world in his hands, or that God is in control. And it can, it can feel hard to get past that, you know, say, you know, I've really tried, you know, I tell myself that's not true. And yet I know I keep falling back in it. But what Paul is saying is that when, is that we can ask God and then through God's power, God can be the one to come in and crush, demolish. I want to use Paul's word, demolish those strongholds that we may think are immovable. Right. And, And we do that by taking our thoughts captive. So think about the word play here. We have, there's warfare, um, there's strongholds, like a, a strong tower, or as Jason said, like a castle with a moat around it, a, a soundly built structure. It's like Isengard. That's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that seems totally immovable. And then there's demolition. There's demolish. Think of it like a wrecking ball growing straight through these things that we previously thought were immovable. And we do this by taking our thoughts captive. That's right. You picture those ants just throwing boulders at Isengard, yes. just knocking down um, what's—there's uh, multiple names for it. I, I don't remember. Anyway, just defeating Saruman. <laughs> I'm not too great with my Lord of the Rings. I was going to say. I just read the books the Rings, right? a couple months That's ago. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And yeah. so uh, it's on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> loving, loving the word picture there. Um, right. It's these, these ideas, these strongholds that set themselves up against the truth of God that say these things that we know about God are not true. Well, that's not actually the case. And we do that by taking our thoughts captive. So what happens when we do this, when we do this, we get to live into the rest and the peace that is available to us through Jesus Christ. Like we've heard the verse in Philippians, in Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. But then verse seven says, in the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When we don't take our thoughts captive, when we don't take an inventory of what we are thinking, we are relinquishing this. We are giving way to, we are not grabbing hold of the rest and the peace that is ours in Jesus, that is ours in Christ. And what happens, this, this can and does change our reality. What we think about, processing the thoughts that we're thinking about, the emotions that we're feeling, this does change the reality that we live in. And it all starts in our mind. Um, a few years ago, I was at, a, a, a pre, at my previous church, the pastor, he'd always say, the scene of the crime is your mind. And that's one of the things that's always stuck with me. The scene of the crime is your mind. What you think about changes how you see the world and how you interact in the world. It all starts in a mind. So Isn't the question... is the tagline of Inception? Is it real? I have no idea. It's something like that. Oh, yeah? Great movie. Which is a great movie, yeah. Go, go watch it. <laughs> uh, the studio has not paid us to say that. <laughs> so the question becomes, what will we think about? What we think about matters. So what will we think about? So for our doable section, this is called the doable discipleship. It's the show that helps you grow. So we're going to practice this. We're going to do what we're talking about, taking our thoughts captive. Yeah. So let's. So the encouragement here is to find a little bit of time. You may have a lot of time right now. So use some of that time. Hit pause on Netflix and take a little bit of this time to walk through this kind of idea here. Start to pay attention to how you feel. Now, that, again, that may sound odd. It may sound like, well, I know how I'm feeling. But oftentimes, at least in my experience, we're not necessarily paying attention to how we're feeling. We're not like assessing or doing a self-assessment of how am I feeling right now. So ask yourself the following questions. What is causing you fear right now? What is causing you stress right now? Is there anything that's causing you to feel hopelessness or, or grief? And you can acknowledge that there are things that fit those categories, right? You, um, having a disruption in your routine can lead to grief. You can grieve that loss of routine. You can grieve the changes that everything that we've been going through has led to. It, it's okay to grieve that. It's okay, to, it's okay to recognize that the emotion that you are experiencing or feeling is grief. Um, and, and name it and, and just say, I feel, I feel grief right now. And then start to ask your question, ask yourself some questions just about what your body may be holding on to. How does your body feel? Does your body feel tense in any way? Are, are you noticing any, any tension? Is, are, are you experiencing stomach pains? Is, is there, is there like an ache in your gut, a queasiness that maybe, has just been underlying, and you're like, oh yeah, there is something there. That's speaking to you. That's saying something. Yeah, it is. It's 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 helping you to recognize that there's something hold, that you're holding onto, some little stronghold that has been causing you some discomfort that may need to be demolished. And can I say too one thing on this? You are welcome to processing these feelings, having feelings. This is not a lack of faith. No, no. This no, does no. not mean you have a lack of faith. Feeling fear, feeling hopelessness, feeling grief, feeling stress, anxiety, whatever. You know, if your body's tense, your shoulders are tense, you have a pit in your stomach, that does not mean per se that you have a lack of faith. You are not in sin 
because you feel these things. Oh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Definitely. You have full license. You are a person with a body and with emotions, and you have complete license to, to feel. And it's healthy that we do do that. So I just want to say it's not a lack of faith, and you're not in sin to process feelings and emotion and to, to go through this process. Yes, wholeheartedly agree. And then after that, so you've paid attention to how you're feeling, both emotionally and physically. And then anything that you've processed right there, take the time to acknowledge that emotion. Don't just stuff it, as we probably so often do. Say, oh, I feel that, but I don't want to feel that. So I'm going to think about I'll this. I'll watch some more Netflix. So I'm going to go make myself some tacos. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, don't stuff it or don't try to reason around it. You know, don't say, well, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, I'm just going to think and just kind of like talk yourself around it. Like just acknowledge it, accept it, say it out loud. Say, I feel fear. Yeah. I feel grief. You know, I, I, I feel a bout of hopelessness right now. I feel sad, anxious, stressed, you know, whatever it is that you may um, be recognizing, just just say, I feel this. And then I know one of the best ways to handle it, and it's something that my wife in particular is really helps her. Um, I'm not great at this, but it really helps her, and it may help you, is to journal about it, mm. is to just write out your thoughts, you know, to, to write what you're feeling. To, for my wife, like, that's her medium of expression is, is in her writing. Um, and that may be yours too. And it may be something that you've never tried before, but just write about it again. It, it doesn't need to be like a full a journal or whatever. Just right. find a piece of paper and just write about it, whatever it is. Um, but it's just a good way for you to process what you've been feeling. And it doesn't mean you have to have an answer. That's right. That's it doesn't good. mean you have to journal until you know exactly <laughs> what to do. The exact next step that doesn't, it's just the act of getting it out, yeah. getting it out of your mind, getting it out of your body and putting it somewhere, saying it out loud, writing it down on a piece of paper is super helpful. Yeah. And the, what we say this is the last step is to give it to God in prayer. Now, I know that that can f seem a little cliche or seem a little vague. Like, what does give it to God in prayer look like? What does that sound like? How do, how do we actually do that? Two things I think are helpful is to actually say it. If you're, you know, say out loud, I'm feeling fear and say, Jesus, I give this fear to you. I take this thought captive. I take this feeling, this emotion, I'm giving this fear to you. This scares me and I'm trusting in faith that it does not scare you. Can you take it? You please take it. It's too much for me to bear or something I like doing. Um, I learned this a few years ago, but I, I think it's helpful if you are a visual person in particular is to imagine yourself holding that thought in your hand. So I had a, a mentor in college and he would say, imagine yourself just twisting the top of your head off. It sounds kind of funny, right? But opening your mind, grabbing that thought, holding it in your hand, and then laying it down next to Jesus, giving it to Jesus. There's a, I think a participatory physical thing that just helps me. It helps me process it. It helps me feel better about it. If I imagine myself taking it out of my head and then putting it at the feet of Jesus, putting it next to Jesus, God, I cannot handle this. This is too much for me, but I trust that it's not too much for you. And this is also not a one-time event. This is probably something that you'll have to do daily. 
in the morning and afternoon and at night. Sometimes it's something is weighing on you so much. It's sitting with your conscience so heavily that it's every 10, every 15 minutes. And it could be as simple as, God, I feel anxiety or I feel hopelessness. I've lost my job and I thought you were going to provide for me. I'm scared. I'm giving this thought to you. I don't want to let this thought take root deep into my heart and set itself up against who I know you to be. God, you take this. I cannot handle this. Jesus, I give this thought to you. Well, and what's so beautiful is it's bringing Philippians 4 to life. Yes. Is it's yes. literally saying it's it's the answer to not worrying about everything is pray about everything. If you are constantly in a place where you are giving it to God, where you are talking with God about it, where you are asking him to be involved in it, where you are trusting him for the peace that passes understanding, that is the antidote to worry. Right. And it's like what Pastor Rick usually says. Even I've heard I heard him say, you know, you if you can worry about it, you can pray about it. Yeah. It's the same mental energy. It comes from the same place. Yeah. One is positive, one is constructive, the other is negative. Mm-hmm. And it just erodes and steals and takes from you the other you take from it and you give it to God. It's taking the thought captive. Yeah. You can worry about it, you can pray about it. And in a prayer, we give our thoughts to God or we take our thoughts captive, as Paul says. And in so doing, we demolish, we take down, we tear down these strongholds that set themselves up against our relationship with God, that sets themselves up against the knowledge of God or who we know God to be. Like Treebeard. Like Treebeard, Coming yeah. in with, with Mary and Pippin at his side, throwing boulders at those uh, strongholds. Lord of the Rings spinoff podcast coming Later Please, in 2020. Don't ask me. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me. That either. would be. I would not be the one for that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's. This is all great. And really, as as we're talking about this idea of spiritual antidotes, this is such a strong one. We've talked about hope. We've talked about gratitude. gratitude and now this idea of taking every thought captive is really diving in to these feelings, these thoughts that we can have, and then talk about what the Bible says. Yeah. about doing with these. I love it. Any other closing thoughts today? Well, I just hope this was encouraging to you. I hope this gives you tools and adds more tools to your tool belt to live in the moment that we're currently in and in the future going forward. So I hope this blessed you. I hope this is encouraging to you. I know we enjoy doing this. We love it. We love you guys. That's all I got to say for today. It's true. We do love you guys. Um, And then, uh, yeah, we will be back with another spiritual antidote on community next week. We will see you next Tuesday. See you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.